As with much of their banter, there was always a playful element that reflected the deep and lasting affection between them. The three of us chatted on the phone for some time about things that had happened during the past week in Oxford, where I was a research student. We touched upon my plans to visit Tokyo, where I'd be for about a month, conducting research on a matsuri, or ritual festival, in about ten days' time. My father didn't have much to say about this, so the conversation drifted into silence. While he and my mother were always supportive about my path in life, the intense connection I'd always felt towards the culture and history of Japan slightly baffled them. It had become something of a family legend that, as a child, I would insist on dressing up as a miniature samurai before going to the corner shop to buy the milk and bread. Take care of yourself, Mark, my mother called across the room. I detected just the slightest note of anxiety in her voice. Don't worry, Mum, I'll be fine, I laughed into the mouthpiece. I know Tokyo like the back of my hand. I promised to call my parents again before my departure. Then, just as I was hanging up, I heard my father give a nervous little cough. This was often a sign that something was troubling him. I hesitated, but before I could ask him if all was well, he had put the phone back on the hook. Throughout our conversation, he'd given no other indication of the dramatic scenario that was forming in his mind. My eyes fixed on the note again. Over at Daphne's dad. Although it had to be true, I still couldn't quite believe that my father was here, and I felt a rising unease. What was he doing here? Ever since I'd been a student at Oxford, I'd wanted him and my mother to visit me. My mother had been keen to do so, but had always been held back by my father's reluctance. He hadn't been back to Europe since leaving in 1949, and was adamant that he hadn't the slightest interest in returning. That's the past, he'd insist fiercely. There's nothing there for me. Australia's my home now. As I was growing up, he often made such assertions, but none of us, family or friends, ever gave them much thought. We had never asked him why he felt this way, and he never volunteered any particular explanation. Just like him, we were absorbed in the business of living in the bright and healthy sunshine of the lucky country, as it was so often called. I made my way over to Daphne's. Daphne was my elderly neighbour from the other side of the street, and she must have been peeping through the curtains in her front room, because the door opened gently before I'd even knocked on it. She stood wide-eyed on her front step and pointed excitedly towards the back of her house. "'It's your father,' she said, seemingly as astonished as I was. "'But he seems to be nodding off,' she whispered. "'Come in quietly.' Daphne led me down the narrow hallway and opened the door into her living room. From the doorway I could see my father, his legs stretched out in front of him and his head resting against the wing of the chair so that his eyes were concealed from view. His arms were folded across the small brown case sitting on his lap. I tiptoed further into the room and whispered a thank you to Daphne for taking my father in and for looking after him. 
We'd been facing away from my father to avoid disturbing him. But from behind me, I heard him stir, and I felt his eyes on me. I turned round. He had raised his head slightly and fixed his strong blue eyes on me with curiosity. I took in his familiar impish features, his arched eyebrows and his high and rosy cheeks that gave him a permanently mischievous air. But I was struck by something else. It was as if I had captured his image in a photograph and glimpsed an aura of sadness. But this quickly sank beneath the surface of his mobile features. I can't pretend I wasn't alarmed by his impetuousness, but his presence didn't entirely surprise me. Over the years, I'd become accustomed to his highly impulsive and quixotic nature. He often made decisions on the spur of the moment without much regard for our likes or dislikes. Mark.